Direct from Newstalk ZB's team at Parliament, the Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz. Hustle and bustle time, Aaron. How you doing? Aaron Darman, who is the Newstalk ZB political reporter, joins me. It's uh, it's that time. The latest consumer price index figures are out, which measures inflation. Hit us. Yeah, look, it's a, it, it is a Good big morning. number. 6.9%, Nick, uh, in the year to March. Uh, that's hefty, although there were some predictions that we'd clip over seven. So uh, so a bit less than we might have expected, but still, boy, oh boy, this country is uh, in for some inflationary pressures. See, I'm quite excited by that because I thought it could have been 7.7, 7.8. Some, some experts were going high. Yeah, some experts were, were going uh, well over 7%, pretty pretty high. This is, of course, though, the largest movement since a 7.6% annual increase in the year to the June uh, to June 1990. So uh, it is definitely uh, a pretty big number. But we've also had a pandemic for two years. So, I mean, is it the result of that? Is that, is that what's causing it? Or what, what else, other things can, can uh, reflect on this huge number? Look, I think there's no doubt that the government will put this down to, to the COVID pandemic, uh, also to a number of different pressures overseas now we're seeing with Ukraine, the Rus- Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, interesting to note as well, if we look at the annual change and, and the kind of more specifics around it, housing and household utilities have increased 8.6%. That's influenced by home ownership and rentals for housing. Transport has increased 14% uh, by influenced by private transport supplies and services. And food prices have increased 6.7%. I mean, we've all seen that in supermarkets, those food prices going through the roof and other goods and services increased 5.6%. So, I mean, when you look at this graph, I'm holding it up. Obviously, radio listeners won't be able to see it, but... You can That's see a real significant horrific. increase. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and there's no doubt, as I say, this country uh, is facing some significant inflation. Although uh, Finance Minister Grant Robertson, uh, standing in as acting PM at the moment on Monday, he didn't take any of the blame. He yeah. said, look, it's not it's not, not up to me. Uh, and uh, And he said this government is doing all it can. How will this reflect on this government? Well, not well, uh, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but, of course, they do have this kind of get-out-of-jail-free card of COVID-19, of a pandemic. You can always argue uh, that perhaps in a different world this wouldn't have been the case. Uh, it is, though, very clear uh, that the government has to act. Grant Robertson has, I believe it's about $6 billion uh, of new operating spend uh, in, in, in the next budget, next month, uh, and a lot of people are asking him to peel that back, back yeah, uh, trim that down. Uh, whether or not he does that, we'll have to wait and see. He has talked about uh, indicating exactly where spend will go, where money will be peeled back, where it will be be, uh, dished out in his pre-budget breakfast. That's traditional uh, just before budget day. uh, And then, of course, on budget day, we'll get more of an idea. And we compare this to Australia's, and I think Australia's running at about four. So we're uh, we're quite high, aren't we? I mean, that is really high. It is a high number. It is yeah. without a doubt that New Zealand is facing significant inflation. It's through the roof, to be honest with you. And yes, although it's not above seven, and although some experts predicted, look, yeah, it might be bad. above seven, it's still, still pretty bad. bad. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. Our Prime Minister's just landed in Japan for the second phase of a foreign trip, minus a few people that uh, tested the wrong way and couldn't carry on with the trip. Uh, what How do you gutting think? would that be? <laughs> I mean, imagine, you're a, business, you're a business leader. You head on over there and then you test positive. It's a historical case. You think you're clear, and then and then you have to go home. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Huh? What do you think her focus will be in Japan? 
So it's a pretty packed schedule um, from what we understand. So she'll be launching the Japanese kiwi fruit season. She'll be unveiling a new hydrogen-powered uh, car. She'll also uh, be meeting with Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, uh, which is her main event. That's at 10 o'clock tonight. And a major topic of discussion, it was the same in Singapore, will be that security pact we've heard uh, being signed between the Solomon Islands and China. And that is a serious uh, worry in terms of the potential militar- militarisation of the Pacific. And Ardern, she spoke yesterday pretty frankly, uh, saying there's no need for this agreement. New Zealand continues to ask for dialogue with the region. Uh, and I think that will be top of the agenda with, with Japan's Prime Minister. Oh, yeah, that Chinese thing, that scares, it's living, I, I'm, 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 I'm nervous about it. We found out yesterday the government was advised to drop MIQ in November from, from its experts. They didn't. Should there have been more transparency about this? Should we have known about that? Look, this is a really interesting one because I've been going back and forth going, OK, uh, should MIQ have been scrapped back then? Uh, perhaps. And then the government came out and said, well, Omicron turned up and we needed to, to extend a mandatory isolation quarantine. But we knew Omicron was a, a slider, well, you know. Well, not as much as, as, we, oh, okay. as we may have thought on this briefing. It was very Delta-specific. OK. Uh, Mid-November, then a bit later in November, we heard about Omicron and the real risk of Omicron. So the government does have a point there. Where the sticking point for me is the, is the transparency, because from what I understand, the ombudsman was required to basically clear this document for release. And in this instance, Chris Hipkins, uh, the minister, COVID minister's office, he says he doesn't really know why that is. But it seems like that the government has pulled this back kept this secret, tried not to uh, put it out in public around the time where tensions were already so high around MIQ, uh, and now, uh, obviously, it's made it into the public domain, and now there are questions about where's the accountability, where's the transparency, so questions need to be asked. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you coming in and uh, giving us all that information straight off the, the press.